It's about you, your health, your family, and your community. This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And good morning. Hope you're having a blessed weekend. Welcome to another edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. This morning is the first show in our two-part series on foster care. For more information on the show, for more information on the topic of foster care, follow us on social media, on Facebook, follow, like, and share at Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook, on Instagram and Twitter. Follow us at Rodney Lear on air. And remember, you can always listen to the show anytime you like. Go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. We begin this two-part series on foster care with our friends from Beach Acres Parenting Center. In the studio with me, we're joined by Jessica Thompson. Jessica is Program Director of Foster Care and Adoption. We're also joined by April and Olivia. They are both foster parents here in the Cincinnati area. It's our pleasure to welcome you all to Sunday Morning Magazine. Good morning. How are you? We're doing great. Thank you. All right, great. So, Jessica, we're going to start with you this morning. Um, If you will, tell us about Beach Acres and their foster care program. Yes. So Beach Acres has been around for over 170 years, and our foster care program is our longest running, over 40 years. Uh, We like to say that we're always there and we always care, and that certainly is true of our program. We really a big pillar of our program is supporting the people who support the children in our community, our foster parents. So we have a lot of supportive services. Our staff are phenomenal and always there to walk through every step of the way with our families. We have incentives and uh, program supporters that just help out foster families when they have a need. Maybe okay. it's a meal something like that. Uh, Or maybe they need bunk beds so that they can get a sibling set in their house. They don't have enough beds for the kids that they want to serve. And so uh, we have a lot of just avenues of support for our families. Okay. And so let's walk this back a little bit. Um, Tell us about your position with Beach Acres. So I'm the director of our foster care and adoption program. And my role is to make sure that everyone else has what they need. (laughs) So uh, we have a a staff of around 30 people who really a lot of people are on the front lines supporting our families. Um, I kind of do the strategy work and make sure that we're going in the right direction and we're able to meet the needs of the community and serve as many children as we can. Okay. And so locally, how many children are in the foster care system in foster homes? Do we know those figures? So in Hamilton County, there on any given night, there are around 1,300 children that are not living with their family, that are in an out-of-home care placement, uh, so with a foster family or with a kinship family. And so 1,300 is a huge number if you think about it. It's really quite staggering. Okay. And so I know um, there's privacy involved and things like that, but generally speaking, what are some of the circumstances that lead most children into the foster care system? Neglect, uh, so not having what they need. Uh, so whether that be food, uh, medical care, if they're they don't have housing or a safe place to lay their head at night, uh, that's the number one. Uh, there's also the abuse piece, which would be they're not being treated properly by someone in their life, uh, and so those are the main reasons. But really, what underlies that is is the important piece. It's people who have experienced trauma that just don't know how to parent well. Uh, and so the, the goal is for them to get those uh, skills and for the children to be able to return to them. Um, drug abuse has been a big thing in Cincinnati with the opiate epidemic that led to a lot of children coming into care. 
So what type of person makes the best foster parent? What are you guys looking for? So the number one thing that I say is a caring heart and demeanor, a desire to help children, but also flexibility. So parenting is difficult. Mm-hmm. And, and foster parenting has some extra elements of difficulty because you're working with the court system. You're working with job and family services. You're kind of parenting as a team, which can be a great benefit, uh, but it can also require a lot of flexibility of just, I need to be here for a meeting or um, I need to follow these extra rules. And so uh, flexibility is the number one thing that we look for. Okay, so we know what type of person we want, but what are the qualifications behind that? What are the qualifications to become a foster parent? So what I would say is don't count yourself out. A lot of people get in their head about, I'm just not right for this, or I have to have my life be perfect. And what we say is there's a child in your community right here that needs you. And so don't uh, count yourself out. So what you need is uh, we do we do background checks. Um, and so... We, we're looking for people that have not committed a crime against a child. Okay, that's, <laughs> right? that's, that's really a, that's important. We appreciate that, uh, yes. We're looking for people who have space to, in their home to welcome a child. And a lot of people think they need a dedicated bedroom for each child. That's not what we're looking for. If you have two bedrooms, <laughs> we can work with that. We are looking for people who who are just nurturing and caring people. You don't have to have like experience with children to be a foster parent. Uh, You have to have a willingness to learn and work alongside with our agency. Uh, We also have a great network of foster families, and you'll hear from a couple of them in a little bit, but uh, they really work together to support and nurture one another and teach each other along the way. All right. And in case you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. This morning, we're talking about foster care. This morning in the studio with me this morning is Jessica Thompson. She is Program Director for Foster Care and Adoption at Beach Acres Parenting Center. For more information on the show, you can like us on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Rodney Lear on Air, or you can listen to the show anytime time you like, head to your favorite podcast app anywhere you get your podcast and just subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Now, take us through the process, if you will, Jessica. Let's say we're listening this morning and we're interested in becoming a foster parent. What needs to happen now? We have this thought we want to become foster parents. How do we make that happen with Beach Acres? So first of all, I would say the time is now. Okay. Uh, as I mentioned, there's a, it's at a critical point. We need families. Children in this community need people to be willing to stand up. And so the first step, if you've ever thought about it, if you're sitting here thinking, ah, this might be for me, uh, our website has all of the information that you need, and that is beachacres.org. We also have um, a wonderful staff that is waiting uh, to respond to calls. And so 513-233-4707 is the best number to reach us. Um, So the first step is to just get more information about what's needed. I would say that there are three kind of portions or steps to becoming a foster parent. One is attending classes. Uh, so we teach you everything you need to know. Not okay. really. You're, you're never going to know everything, but we, we prepare you well for fostering. Uh, there's a paperwork portion of um, filling out an application and some, some supporting documents. And then there's a home study. And so that is an interview and talking through um, 
lots of different aspects of, of a person's life to both prepare them and vet them to if they qualify as a foster parent. Okay, good. Now, I know there's a population of a younger people that would like to become foster parents, and there's probably a population of older people that have already be, been foster parents but decided for whatever reason to not do it anymore. But what would you say to those two populations that maybe – now is the time to start, and maybe this is the time to get back in the system and to help more kids. Yes, we need you. Uh, <laughs> the time is now. Uh, so, yeah, so in Ohio, you just have to be 18 years or older to be a foster parent, um, and there is no cap of how old you can be. Sometimes people think that. Um, there's not, I'm too old for this. We're not going to cap uh, it at an age. So uh, there, we certainly have people who are retired, empty nesters, who who are wonderful foster parents. We have some really young people that are wonderful foster parents and everywhere in between because age isn't the important piece. It's your commitment to children and supporting them. Okay. And so what about the thought process? Okay. I'm not married, so I can't be a foster parent. It takes two people to parent. 30% of our foster parents at Beach Acres are single people and they are wonderful foster families. So that is a common myth and thank you for debunking that. Okay, good. And so what support systems, you touched on this earlier, but for foster parents, um, what support systems are available within Beach Acres to support them, to help them um, nurture and to help them with the children that they have in their home? So I'll touch on a few of the highlights because we have so many. Uh, I would say our training program is one of the top ones. So uh, we offer training and foster parents get continuing education uh, where they can come to trainings on certain things like, oh, I have this kid I'm struggling with what to do about eating issues. Okay, well, we have a training for that um, or behavior management, things like that. Uh, our network of foster families, we have a mentoring program, so you're never alone. And foster parent mentors are available for people who are new at this and also people experiencing something new. People may have been a foster parent for a long time but never adopted. So we link them with somebody who has to kind of help them through that process because lived experience is so important. Our staff are also always available uh, at the touch of a button. <laughs> they're, they're very accessible and we have an on-call feed. So uh, if something happens after hours, it's not like, oh, you're on your own. Like you're somebody is always a phone call away to help walk through these things. A lot of people say, man, I wish I had this when I was parenting my, <laughs> my biological children. Uh, this is nice. For sure. <laughs> Again, in case you're just tuning in this morning, all morning long, we're talking about foster care. This morning, we're speaking to Jessica Thompson. She is with Beach Acres Parenting Center. Now we're going to bring in our other guests this morning. We're going to bring in April and Olivia, who both are foster parents. Is that right? Yes. yes. Okay. So, Olivia, let's start with you. Uh, what led to your decision to become a foster parent? I've always had an idea since I was young that I wanted to, honestly, it sounds corny, but I wanted to make a difference in the lives of kids. And that's what really prompted my wife and I to um, get our foster care license we were living in a different state um, for a while, but when we moved back to Ohio, we figured, like Jessica said earlier, there wasn't going to be a time where we felt like everything was perfect and we were ready and it was all good to go. So we just decided, you know, we might not have a huge house or the income that we wish we had, but the time was right for us and we 
uh, took the leap, and it's been really rewarding. Okay. April, what about you and your story? How did you become involved in foster parenting, and what led to your decision to become a foster parent? Yeah, so a lot like um, Olivia said, um, my husband and I both have always loved children, um, and we have always had a desire to grow our own family. So for several years, we actually personally struggled with infertility, so we were unsuccessful with um, getting pregnant on our own. So foster care uh, was or adoption was a part of our conversation on how we were going to grow our family. So um, and that was one reason we went into foster care. And the other was truly uh, to give back to the community because we knew there was such a need um, for these kiddos that um, were neglected or had various issues going on. And so what better way than to uh, do that and give back, like Olivia said, but by way of foster care. Okay. And so how many children have you fostered, um, Olivia? We have fostered... Gosh, a handful, I would say. Um, okay. We adopted our son. We So we are blessed that we've had multiple situations where in one scenario, the outcome was that the child reunified and it was a beautiful thing. And his mom, it was, a, in my opinion, the kind of ideal foster care scenario where he went into care. We were able to provide a safe and nurturing home for him for a while. And his family was able to do what they needed to do to get back on their feet. Um, so we've had some children that went back to live with their with their family of origin. And then we have also adopted from foster care. But I think we've had, a, like I said, a handful of kids pass through our house. We also do a respite for other families, which is where... Uh, another foster family might be going out of town or have a commitment and we can take care of those foster children. And that's, I would say, um, to add to Jessica's point earlier, if you're thinking about becoming a foster parent, um, leaning into doing respite and seeing if that's a good fit for you is a great, is a great way to kind of, um, see what the, meet the kids, see what it's like. And and there's information about that on the Beach Acres website as well. All right. And what about you, April? Yes, yeah, so we've fostered uh, between about four to five children. Uh, we Our daughter is adopted uh, a few years back, and we are in the process of adopting our son uh, currently, who we've had since birth. So we've had, uh, again, same like Olivia, uh, we also have provided and still provide respite uh, care to other families uh, that, that need it. Um, for overnight or whether it's, a, you know, an afternoon or things like that. Um, but we, um, and same as Olivia, uh, those children who have come to, into our home, again, have successfully been reunified with their families and it was appropriate and the best outcome for the kids. Okay, so I just have to ask this. Um, so being a foster parent and having children come in and out of your home, what's it like? Because I would feel like I would just get attached to everybody and I wouldn't want anybody to leave my house. Uh, I would be crying every time somebody walked out the door. That's just me. Um, How do you cope with those things? And is that a reality in the system? I'm so glad you asked that because I have a talking point on my paper here that says people worry that they will get too attached. Okay. And so I I wanted to address this. Um, I think that, well, I don't think I know that childhood, especially early childhood, is the time in our lives where we learn how to have healthy relationships. A bigger word for that is attachment. So how do we have healthy relationships with our caregivers, with the people in our family? And if you're caring for a child during that really formative time, you are teaching them 
what it looks like to have a healthy attachment. You're teaching them what it means to be cared for, to be loved, to have the stability of knowing that your next meal is going to be provided, that you have a roof over your head. So when that child leaves, if that child leaves and either goes to live with a family member or goes back um, with, with mom and dad or whatever the case may be, the work that you have done nurturing that child doesn't it's not for nothing. It goes with them and it makes a huge difference in their life and in the life of the family that they return to for those children to have learned that somebody cares and that someone is willing to get attached. So I, I kind of push back on the idea that it's bad to get too attached. Actually, exactly what these kids need is someone who's willing to say, you know, I may not be in control of where you're ultimately going, but for the time that I have you in my home, I will love you, I will care for you, and I will treat you with dignity, and I will give you those important formative skills that you will take with you. Okay. And for you, April, um, how how difficult is that a, a, a reality in terms of getting attached um, to the young people th- that you're fostering? Yeah, I mean, it's natural, of course, mm-hmm. as humans and as parents, uh, these people, we're as foster parents, to step in and care for these kids who, like to Olivia's point, come in with a number of of issues. Uh, so naturally, you can't turn it off to say, oh, I'm not going to attach to these kids. The important piece is that um, we are a point in these kids' lives where we become a part of their tool belt. So we show them and help them uh, deal with conflict or frustrations of being away from what they know as family. Um, and just helping them navigate through that and teaching them those healthy habits. Uh, there is a quote, a uh, favorite quote of mine from Mother Teresa, and it says, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. So as foster parents, we are leaving these kids when they leave our homes. They come into our homes one way, and then the goal is that they leave um, in a much healthier state than what they what they came in. So, yes, it is, uh, it is challenging. You naturally get attached to the kids. But, again, it's about creating those healthy, um, those healthy habits and lifestyles for them. And, again, in case you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. This morning we're talking about foster care. In the studio with me this morning is April. We're also joined by Olivia. They are both foster parents. We're also joined by Jessica Thompson. She is with Beach Acres Parenting Center. For more information on foster care, more information on the show, you can follow us on Facebook, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Rodney Lear on Air. Or listen to the show anytime you like. Hit your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Now, April and Olivia, I think one thing that I heard both of you say is that you have adopted. Um, going into the system, was that part of your goal as to grow your family and to adopt? I know you alluded to that, April. Yes. Yeah, so um, going into it, uh, being new foster parents, we weren't sure exactly uh, because we didn't have the experience. We weren't sure how the process would go. Uh, certainly, if the if the opportunity presented itself to adopt, we definitely would. Uh, the moment, um, you know, our daughter was placed in our home, uh, we knew right away this is our forever daughter. Like, she will be with us forever. And how old was she? Uh, she was uh, 13 months at the time okay. when she was placed with us. 
um, and she is now six. So, um, but yeah, so at the time she was placed with us, we knew right away. Um, Of course, again, going back to the attachment, we um, naturally, you get attached to these kids and you you don't want them to go um, because you feel like, oh, you can provide for them and do all these things. But we also have to understand and support that the the outcome for the best outcome for those kids may be for them to reunify, whether that's with birth family or, or you know, or kinship placement, that kind of thing. OK. What about you, Olivia? Yeah, I would say our journey was really similar to what April described um, with the um, journey that we were on. We knew we wanted to give back to kids and and adoption wasn't our goal. But if the outcome for that particular child was that it wasn't safe or appropriate to return to their family, we would be we would be that permanent um, place for them. And I would say, you know, some kids are able to reunify with their families. And when that happens, as I mentioned earlier, it's a beautiful thing. And I always think about uh, instead of looking at it as a competition between the foster family and the the family of origin or the birth family, I like to think of it as a collaboration. And when that collaboration works, um, it's it's a, just a phenomenal way that you can support not only a child but the whole system, the whole family from which they came. So we've had um, our son was adopted. Uh, he was in foster care for four years, so it was a it was a journey. But what I will say about that journey is that uh, we became very close with and have wonderful bonds with his family of origin. And so that collaborative um, piece has been really important. And so I would say going into it with the goal and expectation being reunification is a really healthy mindset, but also being willing to be that safe space for uh, in the event that the child cannot safely return. And I would say there are some families who exclusively want to foster and they don't have intention to adopt. And that's also um, a wonderful way to support kids and families. Let's talk about for you personally, what's the most rewarding aspect of being a foster parent? For me, um, I would say the most rewarding is knowing that um, the impact uh, that we've had on these kids, uh, going back to building those healthy relationships and uh, teaching them, giving them what they need where they are and age appropriately um, to ensure that uh, on their, as they continue on their journey, whether that's reunification or they're adopted by another family, that they know that we cared enough uh, to pour into them and to pull on resources and do everything that we could to maximize their opportunity and that their current circumstance does not define who they will be uh, down the road. And again, this morning, all morning long, we're talking about foster care. For more information on foster care, all you have to do is reach out to us on Facebook, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Like, follow, and share their Instagram and Twitter at Rodney Lear on air. This morning, we're speaking to April and Olivia. They both are foster parents here in Cincinnati. Now, what has been your experience once you've had a child in your home and they are able to be reunified with their family? Do you keep in touch with them? Um, we are open to do that, yes. And most, I would say, most foster families are, um, as long as it's safe and appropriate uh, to do so. But uh, oftentimes, um, that communication falls off. A lot of times, the uh, birth family, unless you just really have that strong relationship throughout the process, um, when the kid is placed and things like that, um, oftentimes, from my experience, uh, the birth family sort of cut off communication. Uh, so we have had it. We have had some in the past. Um, but long term, a lot of times that that's not the case. OK. And what's been your experience, Olivia? Yeah. So 
like April said, it doesn't happen in every situation. And I think some birth families might feel they want to kind of move past that chapter in their life and kind of they're back on their feet and, and need a clean break. And I totally respect and appreciate that. But we've had we've been really blessed that the um, some of the families that we've worked with have wanted to stay in relationship. And I think one thing that we have done that has been impactful is when we have a child, the first when, when a child gets placed with us, the first thing we do is just write that family a note just to introduce ourselves and to let them know, like, we want to be on a team with you um, and just introduce ourselves and open that line of communication. And I think that has made a huge difference in families later on down the line, not again, not seeing it as a competition, but instead seeing it as a collaboration. All right. That's awesome. That's awesome that you guys do the letter. I'm, I'm sure that they really appreciate that. It's a simple, simple act that goes a long way. Yes. There you go. Let's talk about this. Um, for someone listening this morning that may be thinking about becoming a foster parent and they're on the fence, what would you guys say to them to help get them over that fence? Jump off the fence. Yes. Okay, yeah, good. Jump off the fence. As long as it's not too high. No. No. Yeah, but, don't yeah. hurt yourself yeah, in the yeah. process. Right. But, there you go. Um, but it, the time is now, to Jessica's point earlier, um, there is such a strong need um, for quality foster parents, loving homes that are going to welcome these kiddos that come into your home with a number of concerns or challenges. Um, and it, the need is now. And so don't delay if you've been wavering about it, if it's been on your heart, if you've had conversations about it. Um, my best recommendation is to make the call to Beach Acres um, or visit the website, inquire, um, but don't delay. Um, because unfortunately, um, these kids are in waiting and they need loving homes. Uh, and, and it's now. So just do it. All right. Olivia. Yeah, I would just add to that point that there's, I think, some misconceptions around what makes a good foster family. Um, They come in lots of different shapes and sizes. They could be, as Jessica mentioned, a a single person, um, in our case, two moms. Uh, There's um, a, a wide variety of ways that foster families can look. And to April's point, I've talked to a lot of people who have said, oh, I always wanted to do that. And I don't, I don't want to hear people say that. I want people to say, I, I literally tell people, get out your calendar, look at the Beach Acres website and figure out when the training starts and put it on your calendar because it's the kind of thing that's not just going to accidentally happen. You've got to be proactive. But the time is now. Uh, there, there is a statistic that was – or not a statistic but a, um, a point that was shared about – kids spending the night in the office at at jobs and family services waiting for a home. And unfortunately, that's the reality that we're in. So not going for perfection, but just being a safe, stable and nurturing place for a kid to call home for a while is is really what it's all about. So let me ask the two of you this. Now, obviously, both of you are in separate relationships with your significant others. What impact has being a foster parent had on the way that you view or now see your significant other? Well, for me, um, it has definitely, uh, since my husband and I were on this journey originally, years back, uh, trying to get pregnant and going through that, that in itself is uh, an emotional roller coaster. Um, And then you go into foster care, which can also be an emotional roller coaster, but it's a beautiful thing um, how everything ends, right? And so um, 
it, it has changed the relationship with us because we've grown we've grown more patient with one another um, and just being able to express in those moments of weakness um, like I need a timeout I'm struggling um, or I'm really happy about this uh, with this kiddo or where this case is going and things like that so I think that it teaches you uh, to really lean on each other and be vulnerable um, in moments uh, and it's okay because you're still human uh, foster parents are truly superheroes we really are um, and it takes a special kind to really uh, take this role on as a foster parent um, but also understanding and realizing that we're still human and we have moments of vulnerability okay and for you Olivia how has that this whole foster care process impacted the way you view your partner yeah i just want the whole world to hear that my wife molly is a saint and she's amazing uh no but but in all seriousness i think uh we desired to grow our family and i always say our family tree turned into an orchard because suddenly we have kids that are joining our family in all these different ways and we have relationships with their birth families and it's just been an awesome thing to see my partner step into that and to it's really for us it's rooted in in our faith and our spiritual um, commitments to love the stranger and to seek out um, the goodness and dignity of all people and so when I see my partner um, doing that and modeling that and caring for these children um, with this just tenderness um, and love, regardless of whether they're going to be in our home for six months or a lifetime, um, it's really it's strengthened our relationship. And I will say, to April's point, there are many stressors. Uh, I don't want to deny the fact that foster care is a stressful journey. We were in limbo um, for four years in uh, in one of our cases. Um, So knowing how to lean into each other, seeking support from, we work with a parenting coach that's through Beach Acres that's been amazing. Um, Having, you know, I'm a big proponent of like get counseling if you need it. Um, There's no shame in that. And just being able to Um, it's like on the airplane where you put your oxygen mask on before putting someone else's on. It's like as the parents, we, we realize that we need to take really good care of ourselves so that we can take care of others. And if we're trying to pour from an empty cup, it's not going to happen. So doing those things together as a couple and individually that help us to feel um, that we have the energy that we can't, that we need to continue the journey. All right. And again, this morning, we're talking about foster care. We're speaking to foster parents, April and Olivia. Earlier, we spoke to Jessica with Beach Acres. She's still in the studio, by the way, I'm still here with us. But earlier, Jessica talked about the supports that are available at Beach Acres. Um, how has that helped you guys through this journey, um, April? Yeah, um, Beach Acres truly is unmatched. And I'm not just saying that because I am a. we're licensed through Beach Acres. Uh, since becoming foster parents, um, the support provided by the staff at Beach Acres truly has been something that has uh, obviously truly encouraged us to keep going down this journey. Because, uh, you know, like Olivia mentioned and we talked about earlier, um, there are stressors in this process, right? Um, but truly just having the staff uh, that is available anytime to whether it's just to talk through a situation or get some fresh ideas or just to celebrate something, um, success with the kiddo has been critical um, on this journey. 
Um, but I also want to touch on, too, that uh, our peers, Peach Acres foster parents are amazing. We are truly a unit. We are a family. We lean on one another. Um, you know, I could call Olivia in, in a rage or upset, and, and, and she will be right there to offer that support, um, like many others in our in our group. So it's just truly, uh, it's unmatched. And I, I would want to make sure that people listening know that you will not be on this journey alone. Yeah, I would just add to that. Um, I'm on some different Facebook groups that are foster and adoption, and people are often asking, what agency should I go for? Or, you know, I'm researching agencies, and I just truly, I know this isn't a Beach Acres commercial, but I will <laughs> I will gladly play that role. Um, Beach yes. Acres has been phenomenal. Yes. Um, I love that they really value like getting to know families and kids and getting to know what specific needs those families and kids have. And I also really want to highlight that Beach Acres um, supports all kinds of families, whether it's a grandma raising grandkids, whether it's a foster family, whether it's a single dad, you know, regardless of the kind of constellation of your family, um, Beach Acres has done an amazing job um, with us and with so many others over there long history of really just showing up and being there um, for families to help to help love and connection grow. Now, you both touched on this and let's keep it real, OK, because, you know, um, it's all not dreams and sugar plums and fairy tales <laughs> being a foster parent. Um, there's a lot going on. You have court cases, you have um, CASA workers, you have um, a social worker for you, a social worker for the child. I mean, it's a total team effort with everybody being on the team. But how do you deal with it? Because I'm sure it could be frustrating at times. Like, I, it's not all sugar plums and fairy tales. Come on. So how do you, when those moments hit, how do you deal with that? I think the biggest thing is uh, to not forget that you have an entire support system beside you. Um, understanding that Beach Acres, if you need assistance with transportation, if a life event happens, you lose your job or uh, your schedule changed or anything, the kiddo now needs therapy and now that's going to take an additional um, day out of your week and you have to navigate scheduling and things like that. Just remembering that there is an entire force beside you and behind you with Beach Acres that will help support that. Um, but even with all of the the people involved in these cases, like you mentioned, the CASA workers, GAL, social workers, again, that flexibility piece is critical to anyone considering becoming a foster parent because that is truly uh, one of the biggest uh, components to being a foster parent. You have to be willing to be flexible and because one month or a year from now, one year to the next may look totally different um, and every case is different. So, But just understanding and re remembering you have that support behind you. And likewise for you, Olivia, when it all gets overwhelming, what are your resources? What do you do? How do you cope? How do you deal? Yeah, for me personally, I do feel like the flexibility is so critical. And if you go into foster parenting with a idea or a dream of how it's all going to work out, you're probably going to be disappointed yes. and it's probably going to lead to like some real frustration. But if you go into it um, open to the way that whether you call it God or the universe or, you know, whatever it is that brings people together and that unfolds in this particular way, if you come in with an openness to it, 
and trying to move with it and not against it. I know that's kind of Zen, but that's my, that's truly where, like where I find my peace in all of this is knowing that I'm not in control, but I do have some power um, through my words and through my actions to make a positive change in the world. So it's finding that balance of letting, letting yourself um, be open, but also being willing to stand up and say, here I am, I'm, I'm going to do this, and to advocate for kids who desperately need it. All right. Well, with that, we'll leave it on that note. If our listeners, again, if they would like more information about becoming a foster parent, if they would like more information about Beach Acres, Jessica, how can they find out more? They can find us at beachacres.org or they can call us at 513-233-4707. You can also find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right. Thank you so much. And a personal note of thanks to April and Olivia for being willing to share your story. So I really do appreciate that. Thanks for being so candid. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thank you. We've been speaking to Jessica Thompson, Program Director of Foster Care and Adoption at Beach Acres. We're also speaking to April and Olivia. They both are foster parents here in the greater Cincinnati area. We'll be back with more of part one of our two-part series on foster care right after this.